Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? Doing good. First uh, full full week back at work, which is very odd. In the office. In the office. That's the first full week that I voluntarily... No face mask, no nothing. Just wow. in the office, just back of the office, like nothing ever happened. Other than Surf it's just bro. a little, it's a little emptier. Traffic's not as bad, which is actually kind of nice, right? Like driving, I didn't. I you take you the train. Those, you don't take uh, public transportation. No, I don't. I can, but I don't because um, I still wake up early, go to the gym, go to work, end up staying a little later. But yeah, traffic's not that bad. All right, no one there's needs less, to hear your humble brags. All there's, right, you there's definitely less there. people. There's just definitely less people out there, which is nice. Um, yeah, COVID had quite a toll on New Zealand, I, right? Yeah, I miss I miss working from home just because you actually do more work, right? And what I mean by work is, right, I think everyone knows there's meetings and then there's like actually doing something that, like with a pair of headphones on or just like kind of being left alone and doing it. Mm-hmm. When you're at work, the meetings are way more efficient, but nothing gets done. <laughs> you talk about a lot of stuff and it's great. But then you like spend more time like talking to someone in the kitchen, you know, that can take another 30 minutes. You take time talking to people in the office. You lose track of time when, when you're at home, if you're not on a call for a specific thing, there's no other noise. So you just get stuff done. So it's very, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, in the future of the world when we are half working from home, half not, and it's more flexible because uh, I really believe now, and again, the perfect balance is to be able to do both, right? You spend half your time at home, and you spend half your time in an office planning on things, getting them done. Um, that's the future of this. I, I feel pretty firmly in the choice is the future of all this stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the be-all, end-all. Because it's funny, just this week, my boss actually went around the went around on our daily company call and said, what do you what do you think? Do you like being in the office? Do you like staying from home? And you know, my answer was I, I like both. I think both have their positives and negatives. I like the in-person aspect of it and being around people. It, it makes you feel like part of a team. But I also like the flexibility of being able to work anywhere, right? Like I remember when I went to Barcelona, I was sitting at the pool and doing some work there because I could. It's nice. <laughs> you know, exactly. And it's like, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I, if I'm not, if I'm just chilling, then and I could be working that I'm not going to sacrifice a vacation day to do it. And I'll save those for the days where I really absolutely want to be doing nothing. You know what I mean? So there's, that's a weird way to put it considering I'm set up to be in, I was in front of a pool in Barcelona, but you know, <laughs> surrounded by other people who are also doing their jobs. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's like just a very sort of, special occasion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of proven that you can do your job from, I mean, and again, I'm going to say this for, people who are working the jobs that me and you are working, which is a lot of computer, a lot of technology, right? I think, yeah, we should clarify that. This is specifically for me and Jason basically being in the same exact sphere of general tech work, right? Mm -hmm. Where if you do most of your work on a computer, you can do it from anywhere. I I am a firm believer that you don't have to be in an office with other people. You can do it from anywhere. We've just proven it for a year. Yeah. Yeah. There is a level of focus that's gained from being in an office versus working from home. That I agree. That's, that's interesting because I don't find myself more focused in the office at all. I do. At all. I just think there's less distractions. Yeah, I'm not. There's no distractions at home for me personally. I'm able to log log into my machine and I I was more efficient the last year than I've ever been working. But you can also not, be you're also you also have a uh, an office, right? 
Yes. Well, yes. I have an office and I share an office with two other people, but it's a man. No, I mean office. at at your house, you have at an my office. house. I have a room that's specifically an office. Yes, it's a yeah, third bedroom. I don't have an that. Office. Yeah, yeah, I don't enough. have that. Yeah. So it becomes more difficult. Like when I was in Jersey and I and I was able to lock myself like in a room away from everything else. Then yeah, I was able to be more efficient because I was able to block out everything else. Yes, it's a lot yeah, harder yeah. to do that. In you don't a, have an office. Yep. In an apartment where I'm always surrounded, I'm always I'm literally within arm's reach of my things. Yes, like a video so game tougher. or TV or something. Where me, there's nothing in here but my but my computer. Yeah, and, and I don't normally succumb to it. Like I'm efficient enough, but I don't. But it's just having that in your mind share is enough to to kind of like distract you a bit and keep you focused. Yeah, I find people distracting, and it's not a bad thing, right? You have more direct conversations, and you get stuff done just over a casual chat. But people tend to pull you away from stuff for 10, 15 minutes, and then I find it hard to get back. It takes me about 15 minutes to really get focused, and then I can lose track of time as long as I'm not interrupted. But the minute you interrupt me, I've got to go through that whole process again of remembering what I was doing, right? Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting as we all start to slowly go back to offices and work, what this is going to become. But I, I think, yeah, we're going to, the flexibility is going to be there because I think you just get more out of people. I really do. I think you get them, <laughs> you know, some people are able to work at home. Some people are able to work at work. And if you give people the option, people will pick whichever is most efficient for them. So. Yeah. And it's going to be better for businesses, right? Because you can, you effectively widen your talent pool possibilities. You could hire somebody anywhere to do the job wherever they are and not require them to move or pay them a rate that's pro- appropriate for that area versus like, okay, you know, like Facebook, Facebook might send out people, people from San Francisco might've moved out of San Francisco. They're not going to keep paying them San Francisco rates. If you're living in, you know, Boise, Idaho, right? <laughs> like it's just, it's just kind of messed up at that point. Right. Or, I mean, but, or if you become a contractor, right, if that work is contracted, then sure, but I might only contract you for 30 hours of work, right? Like if you can actually track how much you're actually working, then yeah, you might be able to make a San Francisco wage living in Boise, Idaho, but you also might work only 25% of the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that might, might, that might work just fine. I think it's that flexibility that will totally work. You get what you're worth, and when I don't need to work, guess what? I'm not going to sit at my desk and work for no reason. I'm not going to show up to an office to work. Just because that's what I'm supposed to do versus, hey, I can actually take a bunch of time off and I'm just at home. Right. So it doesn't make a difference. I think I think the two best things that came out of this thing is, that are going to come out of this pandemic. One, it's going to bring all of these old, all this old time mentality. Anybody who is still hanging on to the old timer thought that you had to be in the office for anything, for any given thing, that's now gone. We're in the digital world. We've been in the digital world for well over a decade now. And you're either you're either in that boat or you're a dinosaur. Like that's right. that's kind of or it. or you're just in a different career. Again, we're talking about tech careers. Correct. Right? Like there's, correct. There's correct. never been a reason for people in tech careers over the last ten years to have to show up to a building and work. Right. Yeah. They, it just then, it, the internet's been fast enough around the world to not have to do that. Yeah. And the other casualty of this, tell me if I'm wrong about this, paper, paper's got to be killed at this point, right? Because well, yeah, if I mean, everything's not only, going digital yeah. <laughs> and you don't need to like how many times you have you gone into a meeting and someone handed you like a book of shit and, and just be like, probably Here you go. A, it's been probably about two years. Yeah. So I, I remember like I, I first showed up to the, uh, you know, one of my earlier meetings. I, I there was the, we had this meeting and everybody would hand out this they'd hand out this 
big stack of notes that everybody edited together. And then that's what we went through on like this weekly meeting. And literally the first one, I was like, don't give me one. I'll just download the file and I'll have it on my computer. Done. Boom. Saved a tree right there. Literally me saving trees one day by day. Don't say I never gave anything back to the earth. Okay. You do your vegan thing. I, I'd save a couple of printed pieces of paper. No, oh. that's, that's the difference. Okay. But you would imagine like now that everybody's basically forced everybody that can, again, everybody that can go digital is digital. Now, why would you go back? Do you really miss having that sheet of paper? Not no. I mean, yeah, like it's nice to be able to write on it and write notes on that. But get I get a surface, get an I iPad. The amount of computers now that have stylus and things like that. The yeah, amount of people again, that have, not, have iPads. That's more that's cost efficient than getting paper. Cheap if you're a freelancer or someone working on your own. If you're working for a company, absolutely. But how much is a again, printer? I'm, how much is one of those those absurdly stupid? Plus, printers suck. Not the, it's not the it's printers. The, the ink. The ink, that's what costs It's not just the ink, it's the it's the printer, it's the ink, it's the paper, it's the cable, because it doesn't come with the cable. It's the only piece of the technology that you have to buy that doesn't come with the thing that you need to use it. Doesn't well, make now sense. iPhones as well, right? iPhones don't come with cables. Yeah, but everybody's everybody has a lightning cable. <laughs> like who's who's whose first iPhone is the iPhone 12 or whatever? Like at this point, you've, I'm you've sure made your decision. People. I'm sure there's a few people who have a now few, exactly. gone into the digital age, right? Like as you're saying, I think even people of older generations are, I mean, how do I connect with my family when I haven't been able to see them, right? Before it was, well, I had to wait once a year to, to see them in person. And now it's like, well, we've been video calling every other week. This is much better. And then grandma says, hey, I want an iPhone so I can do a FaceTime call with you, right? So like, yeah, grandma's first iPhone, she gets it and there's no cable in the box. Fair enough. Whatever you can just yeah, yeah. you're right. But printers yeah. came but with anyone. Yeah. They they came out the jump. They're like boom, printer, no printer cable, and now you can network them, so it's less of a big deal. But you know, forever, it's at least at least Apple had the decency to include the cable with them until this generation. Oh, thanks. <laughs> like printer <laughs> printers, printers from the jump were like nope, nope. You need you need to buy this cable. It's like what well, <laughs> I need it, but I need it. It's stupid. It's also the hardest piece of te- technology to actually set up properly. It is for no real reason. It's a nightmare. It's, weird. it's an it's absolute weird. nightmare. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, anyways, uh, going back into the office is interesting. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, again, my dream is half and half. And when I'm sick or when I'm on vacation, I just have a laptop and I work from there. That's the hope. So yeah, see how it goes. Well, um, no word. Uh, like I said, they asked about us going back to the office. I think the the hybrid model of you know going to the office if you want, if you want to work remote, you can. I don't think I don't think they're gonna be forcing anybody to go back to the office, but it's like, you know, if you're gonna have a big meeting and you wanna be in person, you plan ahead, you're like, yeah, okay, we're all gonna be in the office on this day. Cool. I think it works. You know, I wouldn't mind having like a three days in the office, two days remote, and then if I end up, you know, going to the West Coast to visit my dad for for a couple of weeks, it's like boom, I can work there and have the pleasure of waking up at six in the morning. Or even me, like if you're if you have the, you know, if you got a runny nose, it's gonna work from home. I want to get everybody else sick, but I can still work. Absolutely, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't make me take a sick day if I can still do my job and just yeah. I'm having the decency to not get all all you people sick. Yeah, pretty much. So because before people would just come into work. And then get you sick. So that's the benefit, right? Like if you're if you're sick at all, stay home. Yeah, yeah. My eyes twitching. 
I'm not coming in. Stay home. Stay home and do your job, but stay home. I yawned twice when I woke up this morning. Staying home. Staying home. It works for me. As he's, long as you get your as job I'm. done. Yeah, as long yeah, as you get your job done, sick. go for it. I still have not, I haven't been sick in a year. Neither have I. I haven't been sick either. It's crazy. It's pretty good. It's great. I fear, I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting for the CNN headline now and Sanjay Gupta telling me why, you know, the, the cold is actually now worse than ever because our immune systems haven't been able to adapt to colds for a year. So now we're so used to having, you know, healthy immune systems. Now we're going to shock the system with something as simple as a cold. Thanks, Sanjay. It's never easy, is it? Is it? Well, don't worry. I got some news that'll help. So we'll, we'll be okay. Um, on the, I know last, I, I left you guys on a bit of a, a cliffhanger last week when I was talking about my Pandan waffle batter, right? Speaking of staying healthy. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about this batter, right? It's going to be, it's looking pretty loose. Waffles were great. They were exceptional. Pandan mochi waffles. I recommend it. Tasted like, uh, it's tough to explain the taste, actually. Kind of vanilla-y. You know, kind of something else. Definitely green. Had a very unique texture. It just kind of, um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like somewhere between a, it's like a mochi, but also, God, this isn't going to sound uh, appetizing at all, but also had this kind of elast- elasticity to it, right? Don't you look for that in your food? <laughs> elasticity. Only taffy. Taffy. Are you a taffy eater? I wouldn't no, have taken you. No, I'm just saying. I'm trying to th- I was trying to think of elastic foods. Yeah. Um, here, I'm going to send you a video. And you could you could describe how you would how this texture is, and the video is of me basically pulling this uh, pulling this thing apart, and then assuming that this is literally a six second video, and it is taking forever to upload. All right, let's try to do this another way. But anyway, it was good. Point is, it's good. I liked it this week. Still going to put that waffle iron to use. Chocolate waffles. Straight up chocolate waffles, yeah. chocolate waffles, right. chocolate waffles. Gonna gonna top chocolate that. in the batter or chocolate and chips, just straight up chocolate. Chocolate in the batter. Okay. Chocolate chips are good in waffles. That's a good That's, waffle. It's why not make the whole thing chocolate? Yeah, because what if you don't want that much chocolate? It's actually not. It wouldn't be that chocolatey because using cocoa powder, and it's it's really as chocolatey as you want it to be. But it's a more consistent. It's more consistent uh, flavor profile. You're not getting like a little bit here, a little bit there. And as I've mentioned before, the cheat code to making any breakfast better, any sweet carby breakfast better, vanilla sauce. And vanilla sauce goes best with chocolate things. So therefore, chocolate waffles, vanilla sauce. Yes, waffles got good connect. To your video finally uploaded. Yeah, oh, nice. like it is a lot. La- it is elasticity, but it's not like it's gummy. It just sort of holds together. Right. It's unique, right? It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah i mean i just hate how everything you eat is green <laughs> i think we should talk about that yeah well it's uh it's very it's weird Every- it, you ever think maybe that's why i'm so healthy and not and not a a monster because yeah, those green things, things are healthy so. don't you eat a lot of green things i do dude. they're just vegetables and not stuff that's in a waffle <laughs> so well, you know tomato tomato potato 
you know, the pandan is a is a plant. So the extract, it was a plant at one point. And now it's in a waffle. So in a way, it's uh, it's salad adjacent. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a few steps. I mean, it's a big, maybe not adjacent in the literal sense, but it's a few steps over. You could you could trace that back to some sort of leaf. Anyway, I think you can chase everything back to a leaf, but yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We don't have the time. All right, let's move on to some news, shall we? Got some stories here. Got a variety of stories. Um, so here are your choices. We could talk about uh, sharks. Coca-Cola and green tea. Well, to segue, let's do green tea, Coca-Cola, then sharks last. All right, cool. All right. This showed up my Google feed. It seems like one of those kind of spammy articles, but it did have some new information. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so, it, you know, we'll, we'll just read it and see how it goes. It, this could explain a lot. I was in, I was alluding to this earlier. So reading from eat this, not that. Surprising side effects of drinking green tea, according to science. Here's what the latest research has uncovered. This was written yesterday, okay? And the facts were checked by Kirsten Hickman. I don't know who that is, but it's got a green check mark here, so it's probably true. All right? As if you really were in need of another reason to sip on green tea on the occasion, on the occasion we're about to give you five more. Outside of various well-known health benefits of the beverage, such as improved digestion and even feelings of calmness, that would explain a lot, recent research has suggested that green tea may be associated with other positive health outcomes. Below, we pinpoint just five potential side effects green tea can have on the body that researchers have currently ex- that researchers are currently exploring, and then be sure to catch the seven healthiest foods to eat right now. I'm not going to click that link, but if you're curious... That's how they get you. Yep, they sure do with that yellow underline and everything. Number one, reduce your risk of heart disease. The common beverage may just help to prevent the leading cause of death in the U.S. heart disease. In the U.S., heart disease, which the CDC says is responsible for about one in four deaths annually. Several studies have published within the past 10 years. Several studies that have been published within the past 10 years have suggested that green tea can help reduce your levels of LDL, bad cholesterol. In fact, one recent study published in the European Journal of Preventative Cardiology found that habitual tea drinkers have the beverage at least three times a week. <laughs> a week! Ha! You call those, you call those uh, habitual tea drinkers. Call those amateurs. Lightweights. They, anyway, they were 20% less likely to develop heart disease and have a stroke. A majority of the tea drinkers analyzed prefer the, to drink green tea over black tea, which suggests it may bo- boast the most health benefits of the two. So there you go. Excuse me. I'm actually drinking. That was a sip of green tea right now. My mouth is very dry. I ate a lot of Chinese food right before this. Okay. And, uh, yeah, because you were going to explain that. I thought it was because you had COVID. <laughs> nope. Just uh, a lot of Chinese food. That stuff dries you out. Anyway, bottom line, both black and green tea are packed with polyphenols, which are naturally occurring compounds that are known to boost HDL, good cholesterol levels, as well as reduce inflammation. However, some research would suggest that green tea may have an even greater effect on cardiovascular health. So there you go. Number two, 
This is why I'm saying it's very recent. It may help to weaken COVID-19 symptoms. Emphasis on the may here. (laughs) According to a study published in the journal Frontiers, the findings suggest that certain chemical compounds in green tea that are also found in dark chocolate and muscadine grapes, don't know what those are, can block the function of the main enzymes in the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Why is this important? Well, the enzyme's function is inhibited. The virus cannot replicate. Well, if the enzyme's function is inhibited, yeah, that's the word, the virus, sorry, the virus cannot replicate and infect the body. However, it's important to take this study with a grain of salt because of two things. First and foremost, the study did not involve humans or even animals for that matter. Instead, the findings are based on what occurred in cell structures and lab experiments. Thus, clinical trials would be needed to see if the chemical compounds in green tea would yield the same results in humans. Additionally, the study doesn't specify how much green tea you would have to drink in order for it to have this effect on the main enzyme in the virus. Bottom line, it's not guaranteed that green tea will protect you from COVID-19. However, this study does serve as a catalyst for potential bigger discoveries that later down the road, in the interim, it cannot hurt to have a cup or two of green tea periodically. You know, it's also going to help with the symptoms from COVID-19. What's that? Getting the shot. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The actual medicine that is going to stop, <laughs> stop well, no, the vaccine. I, well, let me or, explain. Sorry, stop the virus, right? It, like it should stop no. the symptoms compared to yes. drinking green tea, which yes. is what the green tea said, right? It could lessen the symptoms. It didn't say it would stop you from getting it. Correct. It just said they could make your symptoms better. It's the same case here. So. This is true, but yeah. when you're when you're uh, someone like me, who's too, uh, you know, I'm too young, healthy, and, and good looking, then they don't they won't give it to me. I'm number like two hundred millionth in line. So in the meantime, I need to just start like mainlining green tea intravenous. You know, all that's right. The only, well, that's the only way know that works. I mean, also not catching the virus would help as well, right? Well, let me explain. I don't have the virus. I haven't gotten it for a year. I also drink green tea like twice a day. Coincidence? Is that why? I guess not, right? Who knows? It's possible. You know, according to this, it's, it's you a know, possibility. Eating pancakes stop you from getting hit by cars, right? That's true. I pancakes dr- and you haven't been hit by a car. So there you go. Eat more pancakes. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't consider the, uh, one of the stars of, uh, what's that damn show? Um, what the hell was the show we were talking about? The guy who I play hockey with. This would have been yeah, better. Yeah, Million Dollar Listing. Yeah, if you don't consider one of the stars of Million Dollar Listings a car, then yeah, I haven't been hit by any cars lately. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I may have been hit by one of those people. <laughs> anyway, it may help prevent cancerous tumors. Number three, did your eyes do a double take after reading prevent cancerous tumors? No. A recent study published in the journal Nature Communications revealed that a specific compound in green tea called, oh Jesus, here we go, epigalocatechin, galate, we'll call it that, EGCG, thanks, may inhibit the processes that deactivate P53, aka the protein responsible for suppressing tumors and and repairing DNA. Of course, more research on humans is needed to confirm these findings. So there you go. I don't have tumors. Look at this. All these time, you know, you, you give me shit for all the tea I drink and all the matcha I'm drinking and 
Why is it always green? Well, look at this. Look who's healthy because of all that stuff. Yeah, sure. I'm like Superman. Number four, lowers the risk of death from a heart attack or stroke. Haven't gotten one of those yet. Another potential and magical. Oh, easy there. Easy there. (laughs) I thought this was fact checked. Benefit of drinking green tea is that it may help you recover from a stroke or heart attack. That's right. According to recent research published in the journal Stroke, stroke survivors who drank at least several cups of green tea daily. Yeah, seven. Wait, wait, wait. Let me reread that. Who drank at least seven cups of green tea daily had a 62% lower risk of death from any cause. Heart attack survivors also slashed their risks of death by from any cause by a whopping 53%. Wow. I need to up my game. I'm not at seven cups per day. That's a lot of green tea, by the way. Seven cups, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot. Pee Are a you lot. drinking water as well or just green tea at that point? I don't. Yeah, that's you'd always be drinking something. I mean, a cup. Maybe it's like literally a cup. Yeah. Like, like Japanese size like cup. Measured. Like tiny. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're measuring out a cup of green tea. Because what I'm drinking, I'm drinking out of like these solo cups. So a cup of green tea for me is really like it might be a cup and a half or two. But all right, this could also explain. Well, I'll get to that at the end. It may increase your life expectancy. Here we go. This is what I was going to get to. Is this not the best side effect of them all? Well, depends. As it turns out, a 2020 study conducted on over 100,000 participants found that those who drank green tea a minimum of three times a week lived about a year and three months longer than those who didn't drink the beverage. Still, Hmm. the findings only draw on observational studies between drinking green tea and longevity. In other words, it's not clear if green tea was the direct cause that allowed these people to live slightly longer. But that's the end of the article. But I will add, Japan's Japanese people's life expectancy is like one of the longest in the world, right? And they those are. People, you, and those people you received drink one, you received one like of those crazy. books for when you were at our house for Christmas, right? Oh yeah, the blue. Yeah, it's right yeah. And I've made some right. I think people in Okinawa, Japan. There's five blue places zones. in the world. The blue zones, right? Do you still have that book? Because yeah, give me a second. I guess when the yeah, arms reach. give the five locations, and there is. I mean, there's kind of commonality of why these people tend to live longer on average than anywhere else in the world. Um, there we go. And I, I would assume. The, I the yeah, Let's go for it. Well, I'm, I'm looking. By the way, the... great book. Some good recipes in there, Jason. I'm, I'm, it's funny because you haven't. You've for all the cooking you've done, you've done mostly breakfasts. You haven't done many other. You haven't, for, you know, moved into lunch or dinner meals at all. I, I do make. I do cook myself for lunch or dinner. I just don't. You know, I don't do anything really super exciting or interesting. Yeah, do anything fancy? No, I'm trying to find this thing where it's at. Is it just in the back? Uh, here we go. Of the, the blue zones location. of Sar- of Sardin or Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, Okinawa, Japan, and Loma Loma Linda, California. Yeah. Those are the places. Yeah, so there you go. Okinawa is one of those. We've been oh, to Okinawa. Oh yeah, but we that, and, they uh, had the most bullshit food of any place we've been to in Japan. Yes, like let's absolutely. let's call it one. Yeah, is. yeah. That other green, than their pineapple. That green vegetable was was so gross. That's the worst thing I've ever eaten. Yeah, it that stuff was right with, the, with the spam. It was that it stuff was, in this. It was bitter, right? What 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 was in that? It, it wasn't was like bitter eggs. melon, was it? I, was no, it was eggs and it was egg spam and that green thing. It was uh, yeah, much what the hell is that? And we went to that woman's house. <laughs> it's a cool place to eat. I mean, that it was, was very cool. 
Oh man, um, I'm trying to find what's that green plant? Goya. It's called Goya. Yeah. Called yeah, it might have just been the Goya. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, Goya. G O Y A. So I mean, I do. I again, and I eat. I can eat a lot of things. God, that was terrible. It was so bad. It was so bad, man. Oh, but I bet you you eat this thing and it makes you live forever too. Yeah, probably. They also have the taco rice, which is some nonsense too. Yeah, the food in Okinawa was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, they had that one pork thing, which I thought was delicious. Um, and then the pineapple was the best pineapple on the planet. Yes, like By that. Far. That stuff was Not unbelievable. Yeah, I know. You could pull it apart with your hands like an animal. It was great. <laughs> the snack pineapple. That's right. Yes, it's delicious. Pineapple do. That's right. Yeah. Never forget Pineapple Park. It was the best. <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> anyway, there's nothing about pineapple uh, expanding your life expectancy. But yeah, man, maybe, maybe this has something to do with uh, Japanese people living so long is because of yep. uh, green because tea, of all this Goya green tea and, you're drinking. Uh, yeah, and matcha See? and all that stuff. So green stuff. Yeah, green stuff. There you go. Maybe your waffles, maybe you found the secrets to making a waffles healthier. You just put green crap in it and you're good. <laughs> yeah. Some buddy of mine said that to me when I skate with. He's like, you're, he's like, you're the only person that gets, he's like, that, that's going through quarantine and you're actually getting like better and faster at skating. It's like, is it, and he's like, and all I see you do is eat pancakes all the time. It's like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I feel similar. <laughs> yeah. Well. I'm telling you, man, it's I found the secret with that with my matcha mochi pancakes. I need I need all the investment money to to get my uh, to get that off the ground and get it in the hands of the people. Oh, man, this this Goya. I'm looking at this Instagram page of this thing. And it's so gross. Oh, <laughs> but I, Goya, the thing is, Goya wasn't the worst part about that. That the dish was all sorts of messed up it was the uh it was the spam that was in the spam and the eggs and all the other nonsense the but goya I could do spam and eggs goya me. made it was the bitter weird taste of it yeah oh here it we was go just very odd yeah. here's here's a picture of this dish god damn it's like okinawa was like national meal <laughs> their state meal yeah well you got to do it right you got to you got to follow the you got to do what you got to do you know you fight you uh you do as the locals do. Goya's Chanpuru. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh. Stir fry oh. with and, bitter And it looks oh, so yeah. good when you just look at an image of it. It looks delicious, right? It's just like stir fry. But now looking at this, it's just made my mouth go numb. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it is. It's spam eggs and this gross melon. Well, if you learn nothing else, drink green, green tea. tea guess, huh? Drink green tea seven times a day. And uh, you'll be as healthy and chill as I am. There you go. You want to know the seven healthiest foods to eat right now? Real quick, I'll just go down the list. Yeah, if you go quickly. All right. Number one, olive oil. That's not even a (laughs) food. Just drink it. Just drink it. Just drink it. Number two, lentils. Number three, walnuts. Mm -hmm. Number four, oats. Yep. Number five, watercress. Come on, get the fuck out of here. That's yeah. a lot of nuts, a lot of legumes and seeds. Isn't watercress the type of uh no, that's the type of leaf. That's like Yeah, a, but I'm, I'm saying, but I'm just saying in general, like you did name walnuts and legumes and um those tend to be at the top of I mean I wa- watercress is like one step removed from parsley. Yeah. It's basically uh, a garnish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can make a salad out of that. No. Number six, apples with the skin on it. I I eat an apple a day. It's true. Do you? Yeah. Do you really? I do. What's your favorite apple? Uh, Honeycrisp. 
big fan of the honey crisp. I also I also do like a um the the Lady Alice apples. Those are pretty good too. Mm. I'm a big fan of the of the green apple. The Granny Smith is a you classic. Would. You know, no, nothing about that statement surprises me. <laughs> God damn. Granny seven, Smith. Seven Un- is undefeated. Tomatoes. Undefeated. It is defeated by the Honey Crisp. We've just no, established this. Trust no, it's me. Not. That, no, it's not. That little bit of tartness in the amount of liquid in a in a Granny Smith apple, in a green apple, is unmatched. There's no other. There's no other apple. I need Honey Crisp. Give, apple. give me a Honey Crisp the size of my head. That is. That's what I look for in an apple. Also, you can't you you can't do much with a with a green apple. You know, with the with the honey crisp, you could bake it. You could throw that stuff into pies. You could do whatever you want with it. It's more versatile. Put gra- you put Granny Smith apple in a pie. The best apple pies are made with Granny Smith apples. What are you talking about? And as far as healthiest apples, Granny Smith is number one. Is it? Yes, it's number one. Based sure? on mailmagazine.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I also Hun- Honey Crisp is eight. The top apples, Granny Smith, number one. Pin Dragon Apple is number two. Red Delicious is number three. Northern Spy is number four. The Fuji Apple is number f- five. Wait, number, yeah, number five. Wow, this is weird. Uh, Brayburn Apple is number seven. And the Honey Crisp Apple is number eight. Okay. So, yeah, when you go apples to apples. Hey. And a comparison test. It's, it's not even close. It's not even close. And and, the, and you know what? And the Honeycrisp apple is a is a monstrosity. Some monstrosity. call it a designer apple. Listen, listen to me. Some call it a designer apple made from the very best of the apple world. The Honeycrisp was developed yeah. by the University of Minnesota, yeah, specifically it's a for hits. growers in cold climates. The apple has a combination of tartness, sweetness, juiciness, and crunch, ranking high mm-hmm. in all ca- categories in our taste test. The crunchiness is accentuated by the light and airy feeling of the flesh. The Honeycrisp has grown in popularity through its life, and more and more people have fallen to, for its crunch. Mm-hmm. On the outside, the apple is a molted gr- red and green color, and the inside flesh is a pale white that doesn't brown very easily. You are eating a genetically modified apple. No, I'm eating, so all I'm, the work I'm, eating, you're doing, I'm eating the greatest hits version all of, the work of that an you're apple. doing with your green tea is going to come undone when science through this honey crisp apple undoes your DNA. I go for the organic ones. What does that mean? Or it's, it's it was made in a lab. I don't know. It means Whole Foods charges an extra dollar for the pound. That's what it means. <laughs> you're eating a lab apple. What's wrong with you? It's delicious. I eat the la- I eat the lab sh- meat. I eat the lab meat. I had the impossible meat. It's the same thing. It's impossible apple. It's delicious. Don't don't knock it. You ought, you, ought, you ought to be ashamed. The gran- the Granny Smith is the greatest apple of all time. You know what? I'm going to go find a Honeycrisp apple, and I'll, I'll I'll be the judge of whether or not it's better. Good. I'll get, I'll my, yeah, good. Because I also, like, top three. Top three for me. All right? Top three apples. Gra- Granny Smith, not in the top three. All right? You're you're a monster. <laughs> you take that back. I, I will not. It's, uh yeah, so it would be um Honeycrisp. Honeycrisp for me seems to be, like, the standard. But then I was looking for the name of this one. Pink Lady, really good. And Lady Alice. Those are those are some solid, solid apples right there. These are just made up apple names. These apples don't even exist. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got some of those uh, pink ladies from uh, New Zealand. Also, are you surprised that I would eat an apple called the Pink Lady? No, I'm not surprised at well, all. There you go. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like I want to read this from USA Today. Okay, you why you love about honey the pink crisp, ladies now? Why you why you love honey crisp apples? Hate red delicious because they're delicious. 
Ask any American to name their favorite kind of apple, and the answer is likely to come quickly with capital letters. Maybe Granny Smith or Fuji. Perhaps a hipper pink lady or even a Snapdragon. Hey, Snapdragons are today. bullshit. I'm just going to throw that out there, right? Actually, no, Snapdragons are fine. I was thinking of jazz apples. I had a jazz apple once. That was some bullshit. No, it sucked. Pose the same question about, say, bananas, and you might get a um, yellow in response. <laughs> the lunchbox staple... As all-American as the pie that bears its name is more than a simple fruit. It's a marketing marvel, the result of decades-long campaign to transform preferences with the goal of making money grow on trees. So you are being you are being taken for a ride by Big Apple. Today, with various shades of reds, greens, and yellows and different sizes and tastes that run from sugary sweet to puckery tart, apples have become the m- most heavily branded produce on earth. The turning point for the Apple branding was the debut of the Honeycrisp, which turns 20 years old this year. And this was in 2017. Hey, so it was that. made in 97. Um, the variety created by the University of Minnesota's acclaimed apple breeding program proved that the 99 cents per pound that most supermarkets didn't exceed could be lifted and that the days of pricing as high as three ninety nine a pound had arrived. Now, hipster answer, a- apples such as the Seikaiichi apple sell for as much as $21 per pound. So there's Whoa. a there's a So I'm going to send you the name of this apple. You can look this up as I'm going to continue reading this. It's not just that they charge more, it also encourages the sale of apples, said Bob Killian, CEO of the Chicago-based firm Killian Branding. By giving each app each type of apple its own identity or story in branding jargon, consumers come to associate certain varieties with particular moods or foods experts say. Crispy Long Island duck with ginger Gala apple and red cabbage is one of the menu choices at the modern at, at the at the modern <laughs> of course the name of the restaurants is the modern yep. a two-star michelin manhattan restaurant have you been there have you been to the modern no i can't afford it okay panera bread offers its fr- fuji apple salad with chicken as apple options continue to expand so those likelihood shoppers will buy them more often you buy a Volvo or Mustang the, um, in the produce aisle. There are still many items that are unbranded, and you are more likely to make a purchase from items that are branded. So, see, we have fallen into Big Apple's trap here. Right? I'm never, so I'm I'm not never read going to the rest the, of I'm this. never going to the modern in my life. This, this is one of those bullshit places that you order steak, and they give you three slices. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the Honeycrisp apple is was totally made to sell more apples. So, the first few years with Honeycrisp, it was a tough sell because we had to charge more for them. There was something retail retailers are not very receptive to. Now we have a lot of customers that sell more dollars worth of Honeycrisp than half gallons of skim milk or two liter bottles of Coca-Cola. So you've been taken for a ride by Big Apple. But you haven't even tried it. But you're eating some type of hipster designer fancy apple. Yeah, and it's delicious. That's not even na- that's not even natural in nature. It was made in a farm. It's a farm. You're basically eating the Monsanto of apples. <laughs> you ought to be ashamed. You're part of the problem. Why? You know what? You, this is anti-American. You you are you are anti-American. You know you go to you go to New Zealand. You're there for half a decade, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh no, don't 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 make a better apple. Why not? They did it, and it's delicious. And now you, some someone who hasn't even tried it, you're just going to talk shit about innovation and 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 amazing apples. Talking about your Granny Smith, you're holding on to the past, man. Get get with the future. Because now right, so this, this is natural find, now. I'm going to see if I can find a Honeycrisp apple, and I'm going to eat it next time we record. Like, like in real time? In real time, right. And make sure you get a good one, there's too. Because a crunch Don't get a... to it, and, and, and I, I'll get a good one, but I want to make sure that people can hear the crunch 
and understand that the Granny Smith is undefeated in apples. It just is. Yeah, and then and then bite bite into your Granny Smith, and, and nobody's going to be able to hear you make your puckering oh, face because oh, no, of that no, the tart honey- nonsense. <laughs> you, I want a pleasant apple eating experience. Okay, the, the the Honey Crisp is called the Champagne of Apples. I love it. It's true. I it's mean, the, you 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 are such a snob. It's the Miller High. <laughs> it's the Miller High Life of, of apples. <laughs> So they grow these in New Zealand. So I, I should be able to find one, right? So I can find a Honeycrisp apple. It is the champagne of apples. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I can't believe. I can't believe that you are an apple. You know what? I can't believe that you're an apple snob. I absolutely can't, actually. <laughs> like, you know what? The more that I think about this, of course you would be like, yeah, this designer apple that was grown in a lab 20 years ago was the greatest apple of all time. They got it right. They nailed it. Can't wait. You are going to eat your words, literally. All righty. All right. Write, write those words on that apple and eat them. It's the best. And like I said. I want to find one of these uh, Sakaiichi apples. These things are huge. These are big apples. Are so, they that big? I, I can't tell how big they are. I mean, there's a picture of this dude holding one, one with two hands. Oh. I think that automatically just sort of judges that your apple is pretty big. Well, he might be a small guy. Might be. Because there's another guy holding it, and it looks very small in his hands. Uh, did did I ever tell you about the? Um, I think the like eighty dollars strawberries that you could buy in New York now. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you wonder why these podcasts get to be so long. It's because of tangents like this. <laughs> yeah. There was, I was going to talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, the omakase berry, the omakase berry, uh, uh, this is a whole article about it, but yeah, you get like a $50, $50 for like eight strawberries and I'm just going to go to their website. And of course the website is oishi.com. Of course it is. Yep. You go there. Oishi.com. The omakase berry. If there's, <laughs> if there's ever a website that was like the. That all it needed to say was go fuck yourself on it. It would be this website. <laughs> go there and you can see the way they present these berries is they, it's literally one berry on a plate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, they took some high. Oh, of course. Look at this dude. This this chef Dominique, and Dominique Ansel. I mean, look at these images of these people eating this one berry. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, so you could you could buy these things. Oh yeah, so this is this is the best thing. Yeah, so you could buy a pack of eight for. This is like buying one of those. What was it? The 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 gold wrapper stuff you buy at Christmas time. That's what it looks like in the packaging. Oh, the Ferrero Rochers. Yes, that's love what it looks like. Love them. Uh, yeah, so this is fifty dollars for eight berries. And yeah, if you go to the learn about, it's an experience like no other. For so long, we made do with bad produce. Bland apples, disappointing strawberries, tomatoes, bread for transport, not taste. Quantity and size reigned with quality and flavor suffered. We made do with what was given to us. Fruit was reduced to a healthy side dish at best, a commodity at worst. Oishi believes fruit deserves better, that people deserve better. Oishi is a visionary farming company with a passion for fruit. Using technology and methods developed in Japan, we grew fruit that is far beyond the basic berry you thought you knew. Strawberries so pure, so intense, and so sublime, they're transformative. Pretty sure these are grown in upstate New York. Wow. Just, just so you know. 
Uh, but there, they, there is something about here where it's like how to, how to eat them. I'm trying to find it. How to eat a berry? <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought I'm on the recipes page. No, but that's not it. There it's was... also very hard to find Honeycrisp apples in New Zealand. Actually, now that I'm trying to find them, so this might have to wait. But anyways, I'll, we'll we'll give this taste test at some point in the life of this podcast. Damn. Okay, so I can't find how to actually do this, but yeah. It's a, uh, th- these are very expensive berries. So 50 divided by eight, that is $6 and 25 cents per berry. <laughs> wow. That's they're not even that big. They're like, kind no, of they're not that big. Size, they're regular but... berry size, but they do have pretty deep pits in them, right? Like the seeds, like it's got a very unique look to these berries where it's like the seeds are little. Well, like they the look perfect. Deep. I guess that's they what do. you're paying. They look you're fake. Kinda... They look like if you bite into them, you're going to break a tooth. And there's lots of videos of people eating these berries. There's lots of it. Instagram. Lots of Instagram pictures of people eating these berries. Yeah. Well, uh, it. I guess it's in New Jersey. The farm's in Jersey. Is this vertically uh... farmed pesticide-free strawberry? So jam-packed with flavor, it tastes like candy. Yeah. Um, so you can get these available for pickup or delivery in New York City and Brooklyn for $50 for eight. I thought about doing it just to just to see what it's all about. You know, do a one-time thing. Buy this pack of eight berries and just just see what, what the hype was all about. Yeah, you should. Oh, here we go. This is what I was looking for. Enjoying your omakase berries. So they tell you how to do it. It's five steps. One. (laughs) One. Refrigerate until ready to serve. Two. Let berries rest at room temperature for 10 to 15 minutes prior to enjoying. Three. Allow the strawberries aromatics to fill the room. Four. Inhale and enjoy the full breath of the berries bouquet. So so don't eat, right? You just got to breathe it in. Well, five, which is also like two steps. Five. Close your eyes. Take oh, wow. a bite. Enjoy. Oh, I think I found a picture that is right up your alley. This this post on their Instagram page is is what exactly you're looking for. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to you because I believe how do I get a link from an Instagram post? It is a match made. This 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 is what you want. This alone, I think, will get you to buy this berry. Okay. That image right there. Okay, Explain the image to the people when you see it. It's loading. Oh, okay. It is a. Uh, it is one of these oishi berries dipped in what's looking like some oishi matcha. It looks like a matcha type of chocolate. It's like is that yeah, possible? It looks like, like a, a, matcha, matcha a matcha white chocolate. Yeah, like a like a yeah, like a matcha fondue. Uh oh. Absolutely. I've I've made a matcha ganache. That's what it would be. <laughs> you know, you dip you dip that in a matcha ganache. Do it. Get in there. Yeah, but wouldn't that ruin it? What about the aromatics? What about the process? This is why, this is, this is why millennials are broke. <laughs> I would I would disrespect the process here. Between NFTs and $50 strawberries, <laughs> this is why millennials can't afford homes in retirement. Is because we're going to buy crap like this. Makes you curious. Uh, it is. I'm curious now. Like, I think that's uh, our generation. This is our generation's problem. We're going to keep buying crap like this because I'd the market is eight ways. Six bucks for it's to split this eight ways. You know, six bucks per. You should get. You get in there. Get involved. Get eight of your friends. It's pretty stupid. It's stupid. <laughs>
seven friends. Otherwise, one person's going to be left hungry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, what do we say? Next up, uh, I got too many tabs. I'm a Coke. Speaking of Japan, by the way, how much uh, cultural appropriation is that? A bunch of people from Jersey. Taking Oishi.com. Berries. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, and on their page, there's a yeah, it's a it's not a lot of Asian people, although there's a few of them. But yeah, they're definitely a, definitely a little bit of appropriation. But you know, look, it's definitely a, a one at least one bearded white guy, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd expect it. Yeah. Flannel, flannel, flannel uh, for days. Coca Cola is launching vending machine subscriptions in Japan, and I mainly wanted to read this article because of what they're calling it. Uh, let me see if they say this anywhere in the headline. Yeah, okay. So I'm not. I'm gonna wait till the end. So I'm not even gonna say the uh, subtitle here. Coca Cola is launching a vending machine subscription service in Japan in the hopes of reviving sales at the ubiquitous but forgotten drink re- drink dispensers. The machines have a common sight in the co- have been a common sight in the country for over a hundred years, offering everything from snacks and toys to pet food and beer. Even if you've never visited Japan, you may have encountered them in the Yakuza or Shenmue games. However, the pandemic has pummeled vending machine sales by over 35% as people were forced indoors and away from crowded city centers. In a bid to lure back customers, Nikkei reports that Coca-Cola is readying a subscription option via its, ready for this, Coke On smartphone app that lets you grab one drink per day for 2,700 yen or about $25 per month from 340,000 vending machines. That's a lot of carbonated sugar water for one person, but Coke does offer other drinks in Japan, including unsweetened tea and black coffee, according to Kotaku. The new Coke on Pass service launches in May with a with a promotional offer of 1,350 yen or about 1240 to 1240 US dollars to get more people using the app, which had 25 million downloads as of January. I just like that this thing is called Coke on Pass. <laughs> huh. So it's basically just you get one vending machine Coke that you can just basically go on there and just get it to pop out. So you just buy a subscription. Is that cheaper over time? I would assume it is. Oh, yeah. if you get one a day? Yeah, because then you're averaging. I, the way I look at it is you go to a convenience store, right? What is like $2 per bottle? whatever you get yeah, anywhere between one about, to $2. Yeah. yeah. So as long as you're under a dollar total 25, if you get one a day, then you're well under a dollar per bottle. So but I guess that's it. the problem, right? What they're hoping is you don't get one a day that you get one every couple of days. Right. And then you I actually, think I think the margin is high enough where they're just happy to get, if you get 25 bucks from you a month. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that like people weren't, cause you were allowed in most places to walk around and get fresh air. Right. And don't forget, like, what, what was surprising to me was the vending machines in like random ass towns, <laughs> like yes. just in some dude's driveway. Yeah, and and you're like, who and like who is servicing this vending machine? Like, yeah. who's coming out here to refill this? And who's buying from this vending machine? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I would get a vending machine pass. I don't know if it's necessary. Um, when's the last was time you one... got something out of a vending machine? I guess that's part of the question, right? Yesterday. After after my hockey game, I bought a small little bag of cashews. Now Hockey's I did. Hockey's good for that. Hockey's now I good, did. You know, I I did see uh, some hazelnut wafers looking me right in the eye, and I was like, "Oof, never seen those before. They look delicious." And I I went for the cashews. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's been a while. I don't. I can't. I had to be a year ago. Last time I went through a vending machine had to be a very long time ago. Now that's the first time I. Uh, yeah, I haven't really used a vending machine in a while. I'll use it before games if I don't have a water or something. I need to get one. I'll do that. But yeah, makes sense. I would if I was in Japan and there was a and there was a vending machine within, you know, a reasonable walk from my place, and I knew all right, that's the and I had to work from home, and I knew I could get my green tea, my lunch tea, we'll call it, right? Uh, for less than a dollar per day. That's totally worth it. I'd do it. And it forces me to get out every day. At least take that walk. So I think it was a pretty good idea. I don't think it, I don't know how it helps you recover, but because you, you it still need people to, you still need people to get out there. Like you, you'd imagine they're not making their money on those people who are just chilling in the burbs. No, you're but making again, but most of your money from people going through subway stations and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the problem, right? People weren't people were walking around maybe their neighborhood, but they weren't walking in between. Because yeah, most times I think I bought something in Japan was you're walking between you know subway stations. You're like, wow, I'm thirsty, or I'm waiting for a train, right? So let me get something to drink real quick. It's yeah, those exactly. types of moments. Get a boss so, coffee. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that also owned, is that owned by one of the is that owned by Suntory? I think Boss Coffee is owned by one that's, of the liquor makers. That sounds right. I think it's owned by Suntory because Suntory yep. owns Suntory. a bunch of water too. Suntory, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, they they made your uh, that that lemon stuff, right? Oh, that drink was delicious. Oh, I mm. think. Yeah, they made, uh, well, but it it was called like I want to say it was called the vitamin water, but it wasn't really yeah. that. No, it was just like sort of lemon water with just the just the right amount of sweetness. It was like a really light lemonade. It was great. Yeah, so uh, let's see what that was called. It was uh, not lemon water. There, there's literally things called lemon water. I don't. I think this is what it was. It was, yeah, vita, Suntory vitamin water. I'm pretty sure this is what it was. I'm sending you the uh, the link now. You can tell me if this is right. good. I haven't been able to find it since, to be honest. Like I found it once, and that was it. Um, so yeah, the vending machine is. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh look at you. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, some oh, that stuff is water. delicious. I found the powder. You can get like the powder on uh, mm, Amazon. It's not the same. It's not, not the, the same. same. There's no way. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. If you're in, uh, if you're in Japan, get yourself a Coke on pass. Yeah. <laughs> Coke on. Yikes! I don't know. I, again, don't know how I feel about that name, but I guess it works. All right, last story here. Talking about sharks. Not what you'd expect. Take some twists and turns. It's a little sad. But it's short. Reading from Fox 5, New York. Whoa. Did you hear that when I just banged my desk? I did, yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, buddy. New York man kept sharks in basement pool to sell online. Here we go. A Dutchess County man has been ordered to pay a $5,000 fine after pleading guilty to illegally raising sharks in his basement pool to sell over the internet. Joshua Seguin, Seguin, 40, was was raising seven sandbar sharks, a protected species in New York, to sell. State officials started investigating. Now, this is where it gets weird. So, so help me understand what this, this timeline. State officials started investigating in July of 2017 after he was arrested in Georgia for driving without a license and a, and for possessing five undersized sharks in a large circular tank in the back of his truck. 
Sanguine admitted that he was transporting the sharks to New York, where he intended to sell them, and that he had other other live sharks at his house in New York. Seguin was conducting business under the name Aquatic Apex Life LLC and was selling sharks over the internet. (laughs) Investigators found an above-ground pool, because of course they would, an above-ground pool in Seguin's house that contained seven live sharks, two dead leopard sharks, one dead hammerhead shark, and the snout of a small-toothed sawfish were found at his home. Biologists moved the sharks to the Riverhead facility, and they to the Riverhead facility and they were moved to the New York Aquarium at Coney Island. That's it. That's the story. But what I didn't understand was the 2017 bit. Because this this story was written two days ago. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> someone going through the backlog of stuff that we haven't uh we haven't been able to release yet. Yeah, it's like guys in Georgia found him or or they just arrested him now in New York and then they found out he was also arrested in Georgia. But then do the people in Georgia just be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> it's not illegal here. I guess. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you guys want to grow sharks? Go for it. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he was arrested for driving without a license and for yeah. possessing five. Un- but it says he was arrested for both of those things. So then three years later, he's back in the game. Yeah, of course. It never leaves you. You just take a break. Even when you get arrested, right? <laughs> Getting that shark trading game. Yeah. Only $5,000. Yeah, that doesn't... That's Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know why you would... I mean, yeah, if there's a market, I guess, that people want to pay for it, then yeah. Where are you getting these sharks? Who's giving the you ocean. the sharks? <laughs> in, who's giving you the sharks to take from Georgia to New York? I mean, I guess someone's be like, hey, I got a couple of these baby sharks, right? Because sharks, do sharks come in eggs? Because they're not mammals, so they must... You know, sharks must lay eggs. You're so maybe just, if you get enough, if you get like enough tadpoles, uh, right? They come out, they come out. Swimming. Yeah. If they come out like little tadpoles then you're good, get a couple little sharks. You start putting them in your bathtub, wait for them to grow up. You're good. You put them in the, in your above ground pool in your house. Yes. <laughs> of course. He's yeah. probably like the trashiest dude. They don't have a picture of him, unfortunately. Excuse me. Yeah. I just, All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand how strong the black market for sharks could be. It's obviously strong enough because I'm sure that there's someone with a giant aquarium that wants a shark in it, right? Like, I can totally see that being a thing. Shark black market costs. Just Google this. <laughs> yeah, just Google it and see what happens. All right, incognito window. Shark fins. So there's something on the on the oh, shark, shark fins. Shark fin soup, I guess, right? Yeah. Damn. 1,400 1, pounds of shark fins worth nearly $1 million. But that's 1,400 pounds. This guy's got five sharks. <laughs> but you do realize that this is how we got to coronavirus, right? Eating stuff we're not supposed to eat. Who said so anybody's eating this stuff? You should probably leave the sharks alone. A shark fins? I'm assuming that you're eating shark fins. Assuming yeah, but this, guy, this guy's just got these sharks. Like, what is, what kind of sandbar sharks? Let's see. Because these might be small. Nope, not that small. They're about 140 pounds each. Jesus Christ. That's a big shark. This guy had seven of them. Yeah, that's a big shark. Wow. How big was this above ground pool that he had seven? Yeah. Seven things. Good lord. 140 pound sharks. You got seven of them. All right. New York. Come on, New York Post. Give me some some more examples here. Okay. I think. yeah, okay, this got a pretty big indoor thing. Okay, so we got some pictures of the tank here and a bunch of these cops around. Right. I'll send you this. Yeah, you should send me some pictures so I can see. I'm assuming it's pretty big. 
Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, because you got these guys going around. And he's got a, it's not huge, but you see it's enough. It's big enough. It's enough to, oh, uh, yeah, that's big enough. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, God. New York Post. Here we go. He's in deep water. That's the start. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, $5,000 for illegally keeping the uh, seven sandbar, uh, sandbar sharks in a pool in his basement. Say where this was. No, it doesn't say. It just says upstate New York. Uh, oh, no, here we go. Uh, was given conditional discharge in the town of LaGrange Justice Court in Dutchess County in order to pay $5,000 after pleading guilty. Quote, the tide has turned. Oh, Jesus. The tide has turned for Joshua Sanguine, who who wins convicted, who was convicted and held accountable for his unlawful acts. End quote said the Eternal General Tita James in a statement, quote, let this serve as a loud and clear message. We will not tolerate anyone who preys on protected species in to line their pockets, end quote. I agree. I agree. Don't be, you know, leave, leave the animals alone. You know, leave the sharks alone. They, they're in the water. Fish as a pet is kind of, you know, I don't know. Something it's weird, it. right? Like, again, little, you're taking something odd. out of the ocean and, uh, and yeah, and using it for your own... Uh, for your own liking in a tank in a in its own enclosed bubble, basically, where it can't leave, it can't flow between different waters. So yeah, it's a little 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 grimy, but you know they're they're beautiful. Having a beautiful fish tank is one of the most appealing things you can have in your house if you maintain it and keep it in good shape. So yeah, you really you really need to care for it's it. A lot of but, work, but a fish shark is a lot of work. Yeah. A shark is just another level because those things, you know. Yeah, like what do you like? You got to really feed a shark other fish. Like it's quite a bit of work. It's like a pet lion, you know. <laughs> it's it's just it's just like a water lion. You got you got yourself a water lion. It's like it's the same thing, right? Yeah, Is it that guess, different? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a hundred forty pound shark. Okay, it's you might as well have a lion or like some other kind of apex predator pet in your house yeah that's what it is i mean you kind of having a cat is kind of like having a lion though right like no, cats are just small lions they are they, they have very similar mannerisms it's like what's the equivalent of having a shark in your house that's what i said it'd like, be like a lion it would be no no i'm bigger. saying but like what's the like you can practice for a lion if you're really good with cats Pre- what like if you're really good if you are like the cat whisperer I believe that you probably, if you really took the effort and time, you probably could keep a lion in your house if you had the room for it, because the mannerisms are very similar. But it, but it's a lion. What, what about <laughs> but it's a, a lion? Exactly. Like, so you shouldn't. I'm not saying that you should. Like a puma I'm just as saying, well. Would it have the same, the same? Rule? I'm just saying all cats are kind of like they have similar mannerisms. Where cats are, you know, big cats. If you watch what a big cat does and what a small house cat does, very similar. They walk around similar. They roll around similar. They, they look for the sun. Like, it's all the same crap. What's the equivalent of a shark? It's not a fish. Like, there is no equivalent of a shark. I, I could, would like, say. Practice. It kinda, yeah. is, is it a piranha? Like, do you practice with piranha first? And then go, well, I haven't been able to take care of this little meat-eating eating little right, piranha. Piranhas now I'm going to more up. savage, I feel, than sharks. But they're more savage in groups, right? Sharks are on its own. You mean like a solo a, a solo piranha wouldn't be under the influence of a group? So it would just be yeah, because nice piranhas and are group, right? When you get a bunch of them, that's where you that's where you get into trouble. Okay, I don't know. I don't know how true that is. I think I'm pretty sure piranhas attack in groups. 
I, I, I believe they do. I just, I just yeah. don't know that one individually is not an asshole on his own. Like he needs to be in a group <laughs> to start to start tearing shit up. But yeah, I was just thinking like it would be more like a fish, like any other type of fish. Right. And then you got bigger fish that get to shark um, until that point. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's how you train for it. So maybe this guy's so, okay, just a so fish then fan. so then the equivalent would be like a bear. It would be like you had a pet bear. <laughs> is that better? Uh, I mean <laughs> I, maybe it's like a pet alligator, actually. Maybe like a pet alligator or a crocodile is a better. Yeah, you, you basically have this there. a killer. Like you just have this killer animal. In your in the in like a, in a backyard. A swim, pool. Yeah, exactly. This guy's just like the uh what was that nonsense show that everybody's watching with that guy, Joe Exotic? What was his name? Uh, Tiger, Tiger King. Yeah, Tiger King. There you go. That's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, this guy's the Shark King. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to a little uh, reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish, shall we? Um, normally, I'd have some choices, but I, I kind of want to talk about the the Vatican. Are you are you aware of what they've done? I have no idea what's going on in the Vatican. What's happening in the Vatican? I haven't heard that in a while. Mm-hmm. The Vatican's been fairly quiet in the pandemic. Yeah, you think you got this cool pope, and then all of a sudden, cool pope does some of this bullshit. Reading from CNN. Vatican says it will not bless same-sex unions, calling them a sin. What happened to the pope? I thought the pope was all about this. That's what I thought, oh, too. Pope. Oh, no. Here we go. Oh. The Vatican said Monday. Oh, thanks CNN for bumping. This this has got to be the biggest bullshit ad. It's just like taking up a third of the screen here. The Vatican said Monday that the Catholic Church would not bless same-sex unions in a combative statement approved by Pope Francis that threatens to widen the chasm between the church and much of the LGBTQ community. Explaining their decision in a lengthy note on Monday, the Holy See referred to the same i guess that is that what the pope is referred to as the holy see okay it's capitalized you think think it'd be the holy p (laughs) (laughs) it's different this is a different religion it's a different different set of rules referred to same-sex unions as a choice described them as sinful and said they cannot be recognized as objectively ordered to god's plans the stance is certain to disappoint millions of gay and lesbian Catholics around the world. Quote, the blessing of homosexual unions cannot be considered licit, end quote. The Vatican's top doctrinal office, the Congressional, the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith wrote in the statement, God, quote, does not and cannot bless sin, end quote, the statement added. Pope Francis who has frequently been praised for his welcoming tone towards LGBTQ people, both within and outside the church, approved the note. The decision is is a setback for Catholics who had hoped the institution would modernize its approach to homosexuality. Dozens of countries, including many in Western Europe, have legalized same-sex marriage, and the church's reticence to embrace LGBTQ people has long held the potential to alienate it from younger followers. Quote, it is not it is not licit to impart a blessing on relationships or partnerships even stable that involve sexual activity outside of outside of marriage as is the case of the unions between persons of the same sex and quote the statement said the statement says that that gays and lesbians as individuals may receive a blessing if they live according to church teachings don't know what that means but blessing same sex unions the vatican said would send a sign that the 
Catholic Church approves and encourages, quote, a choice and a way of life that cannot be recognized as objectively ordered to the revealed plans of God, end quote. The statement was issued as a response to questions from pastors and the faithful of, of the question. In a commentary provided with the Monday statement, the Vatican insisted that the negative that quote the negative judgment on the blessing of unions of persons of the same sex does not imply a judgment on persons end quote. I don't see how that's possible, but we're at the home stretch here. The decision will alarm those who pin their hopes of a more open and progressive Catholic leadership on the reformist Pope. Last year. It seemed that Francis had advocated for civil union laws for same-sex couples when he gave an interview for a documentary. Quote, homosexual people have a right to be in, in a family. They're children of God and have right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable over it, end quote, the Pope said, adding, quote, what we have to create is a civil union law. That way, they are legally covered, end quote. But the Vatican quickly quickly rode back from these remarks, saying they had been taken out of context and did not indicate a change in doctrine. So there you go. That's what that's what the Pope's been up to lately. Yeah, I don't. That's I'm surprised by that because this Pope seems to be fairly progressive. And that's a pretty hard stance on something that the Pope seemed to be like, look, if people are happy and they're not really you know, and they're not out there hurting people. We're good. And everyone's like, hey, this Pope, he's, he's on to it. He gets the point. And now he's sort of, and again, do you think the Pope was the one that did this? Or do you think that the, very similar to the, uh, to the, um, the, um, what is it? The monarchy in England where the firm or the institution has released this, right? And so then, you know, the institution or the firm is bigger than any one person. It's an organization, right? So the entire idea that the Pope makes all of the decisions the same way that the queen makes all the decisions, which isn't always true, right? So, because I'm sure if you ask the queen, he, she'd like to have her grandson and granddaughter or, um, and granddaughter-in-law and their great-grandkids running around Buckingham Palace if it was up to her. So I think this is a similar thing. Do you think that the Pope was sort of like, hey, look, man, this isn't... And they're like, you don't understand. This is an institution. You don't get to make this decision. No, I actually think that he's kind of trying to have his cake needed too. Like it's, it's one of these both things covered. And then the way that this was written, like this statement, I don't even know why it was put out this way, but it just seems like bad PR. But what the Pope said, like in a vacuum, these two, these two statements can be, can both be true. When he said, what we have to create is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. doesn't say anything about being blessed. The, the idea of separation of church and state, is very, you know, as as much as a lot of, you know, let's say 40% of this country don't want to see it that way, it, it's still a matter of, it, it's still a good principle to have. So you can be legally recognized as a civil union, but that doesn't mean we're going to recognize you from a, as a religious institution. You know, we're not going to bless this because it, because there is actual language in our book that we follow that says it's a sin. And we're not changing that because for some reason we've been following this book for 2000 years 2021 years now right so you can do things within the within the confines of the law and that's cool but we will not recognize that from a religious institution and those things can both be true but it's just a weird way and, and then like if if that was actually the intent and they wanted to cover some face 
then that's what they should have put in the note. But they didn't. This felt more like a scorched earth. <laughs> At least that's how CNN's framing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a very final decision of, hey, this is what we're doing. We're done. Yeah. This is what it is. Here's the here's our law and we're good. That's what it seems like. Right. The choice thing is the most fucked yes. up part of it. To yes. be perfectly honest, because everything else is like, all right, do your thing, you know, but to add a little salt on the wound, especially for such a powerful organization. Yeah. That's actually that recently has done a good job of sort of giving you the illusion of like, hey, we kind of get it. And we're trying to get more people to follow the the the, the church. And now it's very clear they're like, no, no, no. Like this is what it is. And so they're gonna lose those people. Yeah. You got this, you got this cool hip pope rebounding from the Nazi Pope. And you think everything's good, and then and then boom, this bombshell drops. And you're like, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But things just like changing religion, it goes against the idea of what religion actually is. Right? Like, how can you really reform something like this? Is it even possible? What do you mean by reform? Like, like changing you... the rules of the... I mean, I think the main problem is the fact that there's this governing body that's What sort I mean of, is right, how, yeah. if you're following the... How far can you change a religion before it becomes something else entirely different? Well, 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 that's what I'm saying, right? Like, I think that's the point of the Vatican and the Pope and these bishops is that's sort of the governing body of what the rules of Catholicism are. And so whenever there's a question, whenever someone throws a flag on a play, right, we go to the replay booth and they're the ones that make the decision of, well, this is what this is what it is. This is what our religion. This is the stance. And sometimes those stances might change, but often they don't. Like this is a perfect example of saying we're going to change a bit, but still these are the rules that we really believe in based on these factors. And I would say that's for every religion. So you can't, I would say when you change a religion, what you actually end up doing is creating a new religion, right? Because I would argue that's why you have so many Christian religions. Because you had Catholicism, and then someone goes, you know, I don't really like the rules of Catholicism. I'm going to go start Baptist, the Baptist arm of Catholicism. And then someone goes, you know, ah, you know, I kind of like parts of that, but I want a little twist on it. And so now I'm going to start Methodist or Protestant or all these other things, right? All the different sects of Judaism or Hinduism or Islam, right? There's different versions that people believe in that have slight tweaks on it. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone starts a religion that is based in Christianity that allows for some of this stuff that other Christian religions don't allow for. I wouldn't be surprised. But I mean, that's what kind of non-denominational churches do, really. As in saying, hey, we accept everybody, and we're going to stick to the core principles of, you know, there's a holy trinity, and, you know, be nice to your neighbor. And everything else, nah, not our concern. So I would say that's kind of already happening, right? That's already, at least in Christianity, it's happened. There's a lot of different levels of Christianity. There's a whole lot of people who, who are Christians, but not Catholics, right? I would say by upbringing, yeah, for sure. Christian, been... but not a Catholic, because Catholic is the Pope, right? That whole Vatican mess is Catholicism. Has there been new, like, what's the newest sect in Christianity? Christianity, that's a good question. Uh, newest, let's Christian- see. Here. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask Google. Newest branch of Christianity. 
So there are a list of Christian and denominations does Mormonism, by number. Does Mormonism count? Uh, no, because I believe... So looking at this, so there's a lot of like sort of Greek Catholicism. There's a lot of different churches. Uh, so like have see. any been so, made in the last hundred years? Yeah, I mean, look, Catholicism, right, is the biggest out of Christianity. There's 2.52 billion Christians out there in the world, right? That's a lot. Catholicism has the largest number. They've got 1.329 billion people, and that includes the Latin Church, the Eastern Catholic Churches, right? So the Byzantine Rite, the um, Armenian Church. So there's a lot of the Eastern European Church are all underneath Catholicism. Then there's independent Catholicism. Then there's Protestantism, which has 900 million. And I would say that's a large of what kind of controls the U.S., right? So the U.S. was kind of founded by, I'm pretty sure most of the U.S., the largest sect of the U.S. is Protestants. Um, so there's, so that's sort of the the, Angli- the Anglican Church. So that's a lot of the Church of England, Church of Nigeria, Church of Uganda. Baptist churches are part of Protestant churches. Uh, Lutheran churches, Reformed churches. Uh, Methodist churches, these are all underneath Protestant, right? Quakers, Hussites. There's a lot of different churches. Wow. Um, yeah, then there's Pentecostalism. There's Eastern Orthodox Church is the next big group. So look, there's all these, I mean, I'm on this page and you can scroll forever. There's a lot of different, like there's Protestants, Catholics, and Eastern Orthodox are kind of the three big groups of churches. So this really only apply, applies to 1.329 million Christians, but not to all of them. Um, so the latest, as far as this goes, I would say Pentecostalism is actually fairly new as far as time. That's in the in 1920s. Wow. Okay. So that would be, that would be the one that's not 100 years old. <laughs> yeah. So otherwise, if I'm looking at this map sort of major movements within um, Protestant is, you know, Lutherans were obviously Martin Luther, right? Sure. So, and then you kind of have Baptists between the 1600 and 1800s where this sort of splits off. And then you get Methodists probably in the mid 1800s. The weird thing is though, they're all, they're all based on the same book, right? It's all based on the same principle. It's all based on the principle that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I mean, like that, I, that's it, right? Like that's what separates of... Christians from Jews, really. Like that's kind of what it is: is that we believe that Jesus Christ is the is is part of the Holy Trinity that makes up, um, the you know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's kind of what makes Christianity. Outside of that, there's a lot of other stuff <laughs> that some people believe yeah. and some people don't. Well, you, well, the book is all the same, right? The writing is all the same. It's just a matter of how seriously do you take it, and yes, how literally exactly. do you take it. Yeah, and, and how literally do you take some of the old stuff versus the new stuff? Because yeah. a lot of Christianity is just based on the New Testament. Like the Old Testament's kind of like, eh, we don't really believe a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I'm just surprised that the 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 Catholic Church has done a pretty good job of staying out of a lot of this type of stuff. Because some of this stuff is not so much the teachings of God; it's more societal. And this is them sort of making a statement on a very societal issue versus something that you would deem because again like what's in the bible that says you know what's right or wrong like there's some very clear things but there's also stuff that people have extracted from scripture that says hey black people should be slaves because in this random verse it talked about slaves were dark of skin or something right it's just kind of nonsense right you can interpret whatever you want to out of the bible yeah some of that stuff is kind of literal and 
fucked some up. of it is absolutely some of it's very literal but some people say well if you actually read the teachings ah we, this isn't something we subscribe to and that's what makes all these different denominations so right so then what point do you just say all right you know it's so far removed that it's not actually even christian anymore it's just like yeah it's a support at what point i mean i guess group. when you no longer <laughs> believe jesus christ is the son of god then you're kind of you're kind of out yeah it's kind of so. it as long as you got that to me you're, you're practicing christianity yeah, well, I sucks. Uh, it sucks that uh, old old Francis decided to uh, take this turn. Maybe it is yep. the uh, the council or the great giant spider, as uh, South Park would tell you, really runs the Catholic Church. It's very possible. Uh, with the God with those alien creatures. <laughs> great episode of South Park, by the way. If you've never seen it, it's the one about the uh, the Catholic Church. I've never watched an episode of South Park. Never. We've, we've talked about this before. Wow. I, I have no interest. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's fine. All right. Well, enough of that shit. Let's move on to a little uh, media therapy. And before that, before we get into it, let's start with a question. Well, first, let's start with a preamble. Do you know who Mark DeCascos is? No. All right. Now, this was a suggestion by Greg. Okay, he was apparently uh, one of the villains in John Wick Chapter 3. I've got an... I don't want you to Google him. Now, if you yeah, don't... Yeah, I've seen John Wick Chapter 3. Can you describe him for me? Yes, he is a... Um, he's Asian-ish. He's born in Hawaii, so it might just be okay. Hawaiian. He's... Uh, okay. You know, I got a thumbnail. I could just send you a picture of this guy. Yeah, just send that? me a picture of him. Yes, okay. that works. Because this, uh, I guess this would be like two years ago from the picture, whenever John Wick 3 came out. Okay, there you go. He's this guy. Ring any bells? Do you know who that is? Uh, yes, I know his face. He kind of looks like George Takai. <laughs> Great. Who's the older? Version? Him or Paul Giamatti? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one because I, I, he looks younger. If I had to guess, I'd say he's 49. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go younger. I'm going to say that he's 49. He looks great, but he could also... I mean, he's got a bit of Jeff Bezos in him as well, right? Like, when you're an older guy and, bald, you've, yeah. and you've got a good head, he's got a good he's got a good melon to go bald. And, and if he's Hawaiian, which means there might be some Asian descent, it's hard. To, a, Asians Definitely. don't crack. Just like black. Black don't crack. Asians don't crack. We tend to look great until we don't. Sure. So I'm going to say that this guy is 49 years old. Okay. He is. Shit. I just lost the page. He's not. He is four years older than Paul Giamatti. Wow. He looks great. He does look great. He's got great teeth, too. Him and uh, what's his name? The guy from um, from the triple X movie, the Ong Bak guy. Tony Ja. Tony Ja. Who's older, Tony Ja or Paul Giamatti? Well, we could save that for another time. Oh, because I think Tony Ja's got to be younger. He, you know what? Tony Ja's not. It's not, not, it's not, it's not even close. Yeah, he's not that old. Yeah, okay. I wasn't yeah. thinking of him though. I was thinking about the other guy. It's not Ong Bak. It's the other shit. What's the name of the guy? He was also in uh, Rogue One. The uh, Donnie Yen. That's what I was thinking of. That dude's older. Uh, Donnie Yen. Um, but I think we did. We do that one already. We might have. I think we did that one. Anyway, he's older. He's the same age. He also looks great. Yeah, he does. He's got his, 
he's always had a nice 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 head of hair too he plays a good you know younger looking father figure so still a father to a main character but a little older right he's getting up there so donnie yen yeah yeah i just i i mean let's be real i love everything about the movie uh he, he's my second favorite thing about the third triple uh, x movie the first of course being ruby rose which is great I don't remember the third triple X movie, but sure. It was the one with Ruby Rose and Donnie Yen. Yeah, I, I just don't. Oh, that was the one that came out like recently. Yeah, yeah. It was the most recent one. Exactly. Is that, is that the one where they fight the motorbikes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they they somehow all of a sudden the bikes turn into like, like jet swords. skis. Yeah. And then they sort of fight and they, they sort of like ride up and do a wheelie and then like smash them together a bit. It's fun. Maybe. It's good fun. That might have happened. Anyway, what have you uh, what have you been watching? What have you been playing? So I watched Black Captain America today. Yeah, and I'm just gonna call it Black Captain America because I, I'm tired of Bucky. Bucky is my least favorite character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I hate Bucky. I hate him. Don't know why he's you so, hate him so much. he's so boring to watch. He's I, awful. <laughs> I hate watching this dude. What is his name? Sebastian. What's that guy's Sebastian real name? Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. I, I just he's just oh he's just such a bore. He's so boring to watch. I can't oh. stand him. Um, so yeah, um, Anthony Mackie is still great. There's a lot of, uh, um, some good action for a TV show, right? There's some Marvel budget in there of him flying around. That was yeah, like the that opening first, to a movie. That first great. opening is nuts. It's like, that's no, great. TV he's show? flying around with the wings and he's, he's using the wings as a shield. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was a fan of, uh, Anthony Mackie. We'll see where it goes. Don Cheadle showed up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a spoiler alert or not, but he shows up and has a little chat. Um, but yeah, I won't say anything about the plot or what's going on, but I'm interested. I'm interested. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've been, that's what I watched today. I thought it was great. Uh, I'll just riff on that a little bit. Cause I, I really enjoyed it and I like how it's only six episodes, which is, which I, I'm happy. Which about. makes sense. Cause it's an hour long. It's like a regular TV, 47 minutes time frame, Right. So if you have WandaVision at 30 minutes a pop, well, these are about the what, same. A episodes. lot of it's, uh, yeah. I feel like it's going to come together if being like if you stitched it all together, it would be like about a three hour movie, a little more than yes. a three hour movie. It'd be is- the new Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Haven't watched it yet, but I will. I'll watch it before next week. I can't. I can't do it. I I'll can't. do it. I'll do it. So for you, don't worry about it. I just can't. But I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked how they started. They're really taking their time and they're not jumping into oh, like you would expect. In any other hands, I feel like they would force them to meet at the end of this thing. Because the way it was starting off and the way they were pairing up, like this is going to be like some sort of Hobbs and Shaw type deal, right? Yes. Yeah. It's a buddy. It's a buddy cop was what it felt like where we were going. And with the trailers that what it seemed like, and we might very well get to that point, but they, they are exercising a lot of restraint where you've only heard one of them mentioned to the other one time in this. Yes. And I thought it was pretty good. I I enjoyed it. I do wonder how much they're going to lean into the, into the racial aspect of a they black are. Captain America. It seems like they are because yeah, it be definitely cool. the way that, yeah, the way that this episode ended was definitely along the lines of, and spoiler, if you haven't seen it, there's a new Captain America and he's sort of staring at the TV going, Hmm, that's interesting Yeah, that there's a new Captain America versus, you know, and they've kind of, the government has sort of dismissed what Steve Rogers has done for the country. And Anthony Mackie's not happy about it. Seems seems he's a little perturbed by it. So we're gonna see where this goes. Um, yeah, do we ever talk about the end of Wandavision while we're talking about Marvel? 
I don't think so. We might not. We might as well, right? While we're in here. We um, yeah, that's fine. Anybody who's good, anybody who's gonna watch it has already watched it at this point. Yeah, and like you know what, whatever. Like it stopped turning into the sitcom thing, and then it turned into a Marvel movie, and them flying around like witches was fine. Um, yeah, it was fine. I, again, I was I was happy it was kind of over, and now she's gonna go off and do something else because, you know, like she's gonna get involved in some Doctor Strange of, stuff. That's gonna yeah, exactly. That's gonna she's happen. gonna go do some dark magic, and it's gonna be fun. So that seemed to be where we were going. But yeah, I mean, it was it, they moved away from the TV shtick because how long can you do that? Yeah, I yeah. thought the I thought the ending it was a it was a solid ending for a great series. Like I really enjoyed the series, and I thought the ending was fine. I would have liked more with it. It's Wanda's show at the end, but I would have. And the one thing I really wanted more of was like the Monica Rambeau character because I thought she was kind mm. of interesting. And they yeah. really just set that up as a all right, you'll get more of this later in like a Captain Marvel two, which is like, yeah, whatever. But I was yeah, pretty much, but the fact that she had enough play, like there was one or two episodes where she was the actual star and they feel like they just kind of left her going and the, and the mustache twirling villain at the end, like shooting some kids yeah, I was mean, really weird. There was some weird I mean, was, shit in the last episode. Where it was like, hurry up, let's finish this up. And it was like, yes. we don't and need that, to do that. It felt like it felt like, Hey, we did all the, uh, the quirky TV show stuff. Let's just hurry up and wrap this up and have her win. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's move on with it. We're done. Um, so I, I have, yeah, I have hope that pacing wise, this is going to be a little better. And, uh, you know, I feel like they, they probably wrote this out as, cause I'm thinking about the timing. I was like, this could have probably been a movie. Yes. And could have been. like this, if it's, th- if it's six episodes of Falcon and winter soldier, 30 minutes each, you know, they, they have long ass credits. <laughs> so yeah. you put out a three hour movie. That's not so unheard of. It's just the problem is as much as we like Anthony Mackie, he can't hold a movie by himself. And it's very clear that his character needs, I guess, something else. And that something else is old Metal Arms himself to come in here with his old angsty, I got my mind back, even though I killed Tony Stark's parents, and then me and my friend beat him up. <laughs> like, it's just dumb. Like, I just, it's just, I hate Bucky, man. He's just so. It's I was so, I was thinking so about rough. you when he was in the when he was at the therapy office and they uh, when he's at the therapist and she just dropped the line. It's like you got a you got a full pardon. I'm like, well, there it is. You just drop that yeah, in there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, everything you did was that was terrible and almost destroyed the world. We're just gonna forgive you for it. It's great. It's fine. It wasn't his fault. A full pardon for, uh, but still, still, like enough. Like, yeah, it's not your fault, but maybe you should just sit down for a little while. He is. Um, he's chilling. He's hanging out with the old Asian men. Yeah, I, I guess. Anyways, it's just, and again, he can't, and that dude can't carry, he can't carry a single, he can't carry a, a, a you know, 15 minute lifetime special by himself. <laughs> so I think when you put those two together, <laughs> you get Falcon and Winter Soldier, you get a bit of Anthony Mackie. But I think jokes. Anthony Mackie can, that's the thing. Like, I, you look at these, like, all right, I'm going to say it. All right, I'm going to say it right now. This is going to be controversial. Anthony Mackie could carry a movie better than Brie Larson could carry Captain Marvel. I don't know about that. That's a tough one. Um, Are you kidding? Here, here, here's the real judge. Here, here's the real judge, right? Could you bring Don Cheadle to carry one of these movies by himself? He's a good enough actor, right? He's a great actor. Um, but is his but is his character, and that's part of the problem with Falcon, right? His They're going to try to build his character. And I think it's going to, what they're basically telling you is that we can't build this character in a movie 
we've got to build this character alongside of another character to flesh it out. Maybe once he had come and look, I think it's no secret that at the end of this, we're, we're going to get a black Captain America, which is what's happening because in the comic book, I believe this is what's happening, right? Falcon becomes Captain America. Yeah. He, he kind of has the shield, but it's a little different and it's a black guy and he's flying around and he's saving the world and he's saving America, right? Cause America needs a hero at this point. He's this literally uncle Sam. You meet his yes. nephews. <laughs> yes. And they go uncle Sam. And they're like, yeah, uncle Sam. So like, he's yeah. Like for me, it would have been great, and I think this is part of the problem. Someone had to weigh up. Do we just make a black Captain America movie, which I wish they would have. I just would have leaned into it. I don't even care if it's pandering, right? You, you get the wild success of Black Panther. Just make a black Captain America. It like, seems seriously. natural. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems natural, too. Like, it's not it doesn't feel ham fisted when you look at the relationships being developed. Like, that's the thing. They can do it without it feeling pandery. Yeah, so I, think, I, I just especially hope with where they, they do, where it's at now. Yeah, and again, I hope that they do let Anthony Mackie own this, which it seems like like you told me, like he's Bucky's only in it for 15, 20 minutes, really. Like like we can ease up on yeah, like I it's mostly is, about Anthony Mackie most, and his yeah, family. This yes. is most certainly a Falcon is the first name for a reason. Like Anthony Mackie is the star of this show, and I think because the arc is established, like the arc is clearly he's going to become Captain America at the end. It's the it's the it's the whole progress of him not wanting it to understanding why he needs to be the guy. Yes, and, and that's, I think that's Bucky gonna, is there to sort the of yeah, and Bucky is going to see be there to sort of be Steve Rogers adjacent, right? It's like the opposite Bagger Vance situation we got going on here, where you got Anthony Mackie's unsure if he whether or not he should do this, and Bucky's going to be like, well, I knew Steve pretty well, I knew him for a hundred plus years, and Steve would have wanted you to do this, right? Like it's that type of nonsense that, that that they're going to do. I'm assuming, right? So. It's about time you see the field. Yeah, it's I'm, uh I'm talking you know, it's I'm the, not talking about a game that can be won. Only played. It's the mystical, magical white man this time. And so, <laughs> so yeah, so it should be fine. But yeah, look, I'm gonna watch it. I, I and again I watch the Marvel stuff, but I also kind of like half pay attention to it. Because look, at the end of the day, we're smashing toys together. I'm always down with that. Yep. Not it's a lot just, of it in this episode. I mean, they started strong with that action set yes. piece, and I was like, but then after that, oh, it's going to be this. It. It's just going to be this. And then 20 minutes of the episode was just like a lot of this. A lot of talking. Drama. A lot of but brooding. I, but it was, from, again, but it was you good. know why? Because of, because of Bucky. Bucky brought us down. <laughs> but even, even the family the stuff. I mean, dude, did you ever think you'd see a moment in a Marvel movie where, where a dude tries to get a loan <laughs> to save a, no. a houseboat? Come on. Yeah. That's yeah. where we yeah. are. <laughs> That's where we are. Yeah, because they're because they're dramas as well, right? They're dramas they're with operas. a bit of action. Yes, they're soap operas. They're dramas. Look, um, my rule for a soap opera: the moment you bring somebody back from the dead, it's a soap opera, and we've done yeah, that at brought, least twice. They brought a lot of people back from the dead. Bucky, this Bucky whole, was brought back yeah. from the dead. I mean, but they brought back all of them. I, I mean, like right, the whole point of most of oh, this yeah, that's post- true. Endgame itself, Thanos stuff is basically, hey, I was gone for five years, and now I'm back. That's what most of this has been. Hey, I was gone, and now I'm back. Yeah. And it's all these different stories that they're going to release of after the blip, whatever they're calling it. Yeah. Cool. Um, Look, I think if, if Paul Rudd could hold a movie, I don't see why Anthony Mackie couldn't. But Paul Rudd also had Evangeline Lilly to sit there and help him. And who was in the first movie? Who was the who was her dad? Michael Douglas. I mean, come on now. You've surrounded him with with pretty solid talent. And Evangeline Lilly's no slouch. She carried that second movie, really. Yeah, um, where Paul Rudd was there for the, for but the it's jokes. the ensemble. You're never you're never putting anybody just in there. I mean, Chadwick Boseman. Look at Black Panther. Yeah, because Black Panther. You ask me, Chadwick Boseman is probably the worst part of that movie. 
Yeah, he. I mean, he was, like, that was he carried was fine, by the right? villain. So there you go. You get an Anthony Mackie. It was carried by the villain, and it well, was carried by the supporting cast. Right? It was carried you, by. Pitch you on a Captain America. Longo. It was. It was. It was carried by his sister. By sure, it was carried by a lot of other people. Black Panther. Um, I mean, hell, I would even say that. Uh, what's his name? The dude from uh the the Hobbit dude <laughs> had his part in that too. So. Oh yeah. Um, Michael Sheen. Yeah. No. No. What's his name? The Martin something. Is Mar- Martin Sheen. Yeah. No, no, it's Martin. not Martin Sheen. <laughs> it's somebody Sheen. No, right, right. Martin Sheen's the other guy. What the fuck is he's his name? He's not a name? Sheen. He's not a Sheen. Looks like one. <laughs> he does look like a Sheen, but um, he's uh, he's a British dude. I can find his name. Uh, yeah, him. I'm terrible with names. God terrible damn. with names. I don't know. Martin Freeman. He was in Martin Freeman. There you go. Yes, Martin Freeman. I was close. No, I wasn't. Not at all. I here. Here's the pitch. Ready? Here's how you get it. Uh, Anthony Mackie. He's now he's now Captain America. Give him his movie. Villain is where you get the star. Paul Giamatti is. I don't I don't know my villains. Um, I don't know Captain America's villains other than the Nazis. Let's right? let's just pick it. It's always Red Wait, Scare and. Didn't we talk about an ape? Wasn't there a big ape? Make that is there a big Giamatti. monkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Paul Giamatti plays a big monkey. It's like there you yeah. go. Oh, <laughs> you you can tell me you're not going to see that movie. Someone's going to see that movie. Yeah, to watch it. Captain America villains. Let's see here. Who could Paul Giamatti play? Uh, those aren't villains. Here we go. List of Captain America enemies according to Wikipedia. Adolf Hitler, number one. There you go. That's <laughs> just yeah. He just fought the Nazis. That was it. That was the point of Captain America. There's a Nazi. A, there's a guy called Americop. A former police officer termed a ruthless vigilante. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of these barren. <laughs> the armadillo, I think, is my favorite. Look at that image of the armadillo of this oh, villain. <laughs> it's literally an armadillo. It's like the saddest, the saddest uh, villain I've ever seen. He looks, he looks so sad. Yeah, I think you know what? I think Paul Giamatti could play any of these guys, except for Hitler. I don't want to see Paul. Look, Giamatti. I would be happy if we just sort of have a, and that's the problem, right? It's like it's a Cold War thing. So Captain America needs to change. Hate monger. And that's what they're going to do. <laughs> hate monger. There you go. Have him play the hate monger. Yeah. He's a clone of Adolf Hitler. That's the perfect. That's fine. <laughs> so that's just, fine. Just, and again, I know it's a little cliche, but if you just had, if you basically had Anthony Mackie fighting the KKK in New Orleans, I'd watch that. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. Like, why wouldn't I watch that? You're right. He's in New Orleans. His family's in New Orleans. So yeah. just have him flying around the, you know, the K, the, you know, around Louisiana fighting, not uh, fighting the, the KKK. I'm totally down with that. Yeah. And put in a put in a little bit of um, live and let die in there. Get some of those vibes. Yeah, I'm down with it. Just let's make that movie. But I don't I don't think you're going to get it. You're going to get this TV show. And maybe he'll show up in one of these other movies, and at some point they'll do another ensemble cast. It's coming. So, and re- rest in peace, uh, Yafikoto. He uh, he passed away this week. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, was- media therapy wise, the only other thing is um, I forgot that this Monster Hunter game was coming out this week, upcoming week. Oh yeah, comes so gonna, out a week from. Yeah, so I'm gonna play that demo and see if I can. Get, I've always that's one of the series that I've always wanted to get into. Me too. And those games are always like it's weird. There's a ton of them, and I'd say ninety percent of them are in Japanese. Well, they brought them here. They're very obtuse. They take a lot of um, time investment. And World Monster Hunter World on Xbox One and PS4 was like apparently the most accessible one. Yeah. This one seems like it's going to carry on more of that tradition than the more obtuse 
ones that came before it. So let me know what you think. Uh, I might check it out. If, uh, if you dig it, maybe I'll pick it up, do a little online monster hunting. Totally down. Cause I watched that terrible movie. Um, but the idea of running around hunting monsters seems cool. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, like you just kind of go around and you get special skills from monsters and you build characters and stuff like, yeah, I can get into that. Build up your um, the other thing yeah, is, exactly. yeah, The other thing is XCOM 2 is also on sale for 15 bucks, so I bought that. And I'll get back into that at some point. On Switch? Yes. Oh, boy. Well, hopefully the uh, performance isn't terrible, but 15 bucks, how bad could it be? Uh yeah, I I mean I watched obviously Marvel. Uh, I watched uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, but gaming wise, I finally finished Persona Five Strikers on Switch. Really enjoyed it. Sad to see it end. Definitely made me miss um, pre Pando life because you just had uh, the whole, the whole premise was just a whole group of friends going on a road trip through Japan and a and uh, just going to all these cities. We actually been to most of the cities they went to. That's that exciting. Game, which was kind of cool. So walking around Sapporo, um, so, uh, Shibuya, Osaka. It was uh, it was pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, so I finished that and then went to uh, started playing two games. So one was Luigi's Mansion 3. Picked that up on sale at the end of last year and finally started playing it. Uh, that game has some of the best animation I've ever seen in a Nintendo game. Like it is excellent, really excellent and, and blew me away with how good it looks and the and the level of animation. So if you're not going to play the game, it's worth watching a little footage of it, of like the opening hour or so, just to see some of the some of the high quality animations that were done. And that's a game that was developed by Next Next Level Games, a company in Vancouver, which Nintendo purchased last year, I believe. Or yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um I recommend it so far. It's it's more Luigi's Mansion. So if you played any of those games and you're interested, check it out. His uh, his ghost dog is adorable. So, um, and then the other game I started playing was one that I never I slept on it, and I don't know why. So recently, Microsoft finished their acquisition of Bethesda, which is kind of wild to think about. And they brought basically every they brought like twenty Bethesda games to Game Pass, and they added. And they added some uh, Xbox Series X enhancements to some titles, one of which is Prey, a game that was developed by Arcane, who made uh, the Dishonored games, which I love. And I'm playing this game Prey now, and it is phenomenal. It's a little spooky. It's uh, it. There was a game called Prey that came out, I want to say in 2006, where it was like a first-person shooter, kind of like a standard quake slash doom like first person shooter looks like one of those games you've actually played as the story was kind of interesting you play as this native american guy the the opening 15 minutes of that game are awesome you like are in this i want to say you're in this kind of you live on this reservation so you're in this kind of rundown bar and it starts with you your girlfriend and and i guess your grandfather getting like a getting abducted by this uh by this alien ship and you just see the, like the whole bar coming up, uh, being taken up along with uh, the three of you all to uh, don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> it's it's really awesome. Like the, the opening of that is great. Um, so that was a Bethesda game. Actually, I think it was a 2K game. But for whatever reason, Bethesda has this license and has the name. And they put out this game by Arcane under the same name Prey, which has nothing to do 
with the original game Prey that came out 10 years prior to it. So Prey 2 was a game that was actually in development and somewhere between Prey being released in 2006 or 2007. And this new one coming out in 2017, I believe it was, Prey 2 was canceled. And then about two years later, this game came out, Prey. (laughs) And as a result, I think I just kind of, it just kind of entered my mind as something that I didn't care about (laughs) because I was like, well, were they rebooting this thing? Is this a sequel? Is it even in the same universe? I mean, I like the original, but this is kind of this weird bastardization of the second one that I didn't really understand it. And, but it was developed by Arcane and it just kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, This game has absolutely nothing, nothing to do with the existing game named Prey. I think it was just a matter of them being like, we have the brand, let's use it. And they did. This game is just a sci-fi game. It is a, what they call it, it's the immersive sim genre. And if you need a kind of frame of reference for that, it's the same genre that the original Deus, that the Deus Ex series is, System Shock. Bioshock to an extent. Um, Deus Ex, the original, is my favorite game of all time. This has all the trappings of that genre, which is excellent. They pair it with some really spooky stuff. The enemy, the enemies in the game are like this kind of alien that camouflages itself as objects. So literally the first time it shows up in the game, this guy's just like, he's giving you these tests. And he just looks at his coffee cup. He's like, my coffee cup is empty. And then the coffee cup just turns into this monster that attacks him. And so you'll you'll walk into a room and some inanimate object will all of a sudden spring to life as this thing um, that kind of slid this around. Really cool animation. Um, it's it's unique. I mean, the gameplay is familiar if you're. If you know those trappings, like you'll find a lot of uh, you'll find a lot of locked doors and you find keys or find key cards. You'll read emails for people. You like find all these secret corridors and passages and all these other things. And there's a lot of upgrades. You can play how you want. You can play stealthily. You can play more guns blazing. There's no real consequence to those choices as long as you just keep moving forward, whatever feels natural. The only thing that is was a bit jarring to me is that the these type of games I usually play a little more stealthily, but because of the type of enemies that always feel more aggressive and more aware than a human enemy is, it feels like a little bit counterintuitive with the type of gameplay that would normally be found in these games. But that hasn't necessarily hindered the experience, and something happens a few hours in, which starts to make sense with why which makes things work a little better than they do in the opening hours. But overall, I dig it. It's awesome. I recommend it. It's a, a really cool world they built. Um, the the upgrades that came with the Series X, they, they boosted it from 30 to 60 frames per second. They added HDR programmatically through like this auto HDR feature on the console. And because of the the uh, solid state drive it's like the load times which apparently were god awful on the xbox one taking like over a minute to get from one place to the next is like seconds yeah as it should be (laughs) we've come a long way yeah but this is the same game from the xbox one it got it got a bit of an upgrade for some of the um 
when the Series X came out, I think it got a little bit of a performance boost, but this this is nuts. Like it's cool to be playing a three-year-old game like that or four almost four-year-old game like this. And it feels like it's something that's completely modern. Like it's it just shows like it's it's a testament to some of the to the new consoles where there's not really much of a reason to get the consoles for any new games in particular. It's a lot more like buying, like upgrading your PC and seeing how it runs all your favorites or how it runs all these things. Like we're, we're entering the point, which is kind of cool. And Xbox has embraced it a little better than Sony where you don't necessarily say, well, that's an Xbox series X game or that's a, and that's an Xbox one game. It's like, no, they're all Xbox games and they all work. A game is a game. It's if it's good, it's good. If it's an, if it's new for you now, it's new for you now. It doesn't matter if it came out four years ago. If you're just playing it for the first time today, and we're going to make sure it runs as well as possible, so that it doesn't feel like something you're playing is is this old. So it's it's really cool what they're doing. PS5 comes to come with some of that, but they are definitely like when you go to the store on PS5, there is literally a tab that says PS4 and PS5, whereas Xbox, it's like that's an afterthought. Everything's all together and you just see a little tab on and you just see a little watermark if a game is optimized for Series X and Series S. Hmm. Cool. So cool. it's very cool. Um, I'm digging it. Prey, it's good. Um, game Pass is better than ever. And that game, and I'm really looking forward to playing that game I sent you. Um, what was the name of that one? That weird, spacey, trippy game. Um genesis noir oh uh, yeah yep yeah. that also yeah, yeah. comes that comes out next friday and uh that's going to be on game pass so i am very much looking forward to playing that one it looks really cool and really trippy yeah cool okay yeah nice so that's what i've been up to um yeah otherwise that's that's it nothing nothing else happened um you get anything else? No, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, then we'll wrap it up there. Uh, you know, he's abroad.com. Give us the reviews. Oh, haven't checked the reviews in a minute. Vamp for 10 seconds. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to vamp for, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, daylight savings time in the States. So at some point, this would be a. Uh, this would be harder to do, right? There'd be eight hour difference, seven hour difference now. But uh but yeah, that's me vamping for ten seconds, literally saying nothing. Cool. All right. Um booting up the podcast. Not app. literally. Because I hate when people I'm starting to I'm trying to stop saying literally to stuff that's not literal. So sorry. Words have meaning. Because I was saying stuff. I was talking about daylight savings time. And how yeah. it's uh and how you guys have sprung forward, but we haven't fallen back yet. So we're seven hours time difference right now. Yeah, the uh, it's good for the Lithuanian team that I work with. They're they're backing out. Their um, things are a little bit early for them. Whereas, you know, when you when you spring ahead, there's there's that overlap period of time. Yeah. So it's awful during those two weeks in the fall. Not so bad now though, but in the fall, there's like that period of time where I got to ask them to have like a seven o'clock at night call. Yeah, and they're it's just like, like oh, I'm sorry, like, guys. Like, what they're good sports. They're good sports about it though. No new reviews. No new reviews. Guys, get your shit together. If you're listening to this, get your shit together. Review us on iTunes, uh, the the podcast app on your iPhone or iPad or whatever. And uh, John will send you a dollar. And not a Bitcoin uh, dollar because 
that stuff's valuable now. So, so it's a it's a matter of perceived value. Yeah, absolutely. You might you might perceive a Bitcoin as being worth a dollar, in which case send them a Bitcoin. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or maybe I'll send you some other random coin that you got to figure out how to receive it. Doge. And create a new wallet. Maybe I'll send, send you some. some Doge. Uh, I'll send you some Ethereum or some Cardano or some Doge or some Atari token or um, yeah. what is it, Monero or Dot Monero. or. There's a lot of coins out there, man. <laughs> There's a. Can we just make Neo. one? Can, can we just make a, a coin? We for could ourselves? totally like, make a coin. We have a broad coin. We could totally make H A. The Ha coin. Ha coin with an exclamation mark. Ha! What's going what's gonna to be the backbone of our coin? Are we doing. Are we going to allow people to mine it or are you going to have to stake your coins? And should we only make like a few of them? We should only make like a thousand Six. so it becomes super valuable. Yeah. Absolutely. No, six is yeah. Six is too scarce. We need like two thousand. Okay. All right. Be down. How do you do? That. How, do you, how do you do that? I'll take care of it. Don't you worry. I just need, I just need fifty grand from you. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I'm, I'm good for it. Okay, fifty grand. Got it. How many? How many ha coins can I get for fifty grand? Fifty thousand. A dollar a coin. That's what. That's what it's going to start at. A dollar a coin, and then we'll see where it goes. So that would mean I'd have a quarter of all the coins. Yeah. Or wait, I'd give you the 50,000, then you'd give have the 50,000 50, coins. I'd have 50,000 coins. Uh-huh. Right. Many, so then you can you get reimbursed when people start to buy the coins. When the dollar amount goes up. Yeah, but when do I get the coins? Do I have coins you buy in them. this? You got to buy them. I, I have to buy them after giving you the $50,000. Yeah, so $50,000 is seed money for each coin, and then you get paid back based on that right that's how you start a ponzi scheme <laughs> oh okay got it all right we'll take that offline then all right well go on go uh, subscribe he's all that stuff and until next week this podcast is over